You know, the truth is we don't really share our faith a lot, and the truth is we're not all that crazy about sharing our faith either. But we're doing this new series called Organic Outreach, sharing the good news naturally. And some of you may be saying to yourself, wait a minute, I know what they're doing. They are just using the word outreach as a code word for evangelism. And um, that's not entirely true, although it may look that way. But if you look at the word evangelism, especially if you go back to um, the original Greek that the New Testament was written in, the word there is euangelion, which literally translates to good news. It takes two uh, Greek words and combines them into one. The word you means good, and the word angelion means messenger. In fact, interestingly enough, the word angelion is the word that gets translated angel. And angelion is, gets translated angel because angels are primarily messengers. And so when you uh, put that together and you get the word evangelism, it basically means proclaiming the good news. And again, if we're honest, we don't like evangelizing. And the main reason for that is because it just can be awkward, right? Um, and then you know who else really doesn't like evangelism? People who don't go to church. Why? Because it puts them in an awkward position when we, uh, you know, in an awkward way kind of share our faith. Um, when I was a kid, I had a paper route. Um, paper route, I delivered newspapers. Some of you are wondering, what's a newspaper? It's a paper that magically appears at your door with, you know, yesterday's news in it. Um, and when I was a kid, I delivered those. And so as part of being a paper boy, I would go door to door to try to get new people to subscribe to the paper. Now, I had no relationship with these people. Um, I was just trying to sell them something. Sometimes I was able to talk people into it. Most of the time, I wasn't able to talk people into it. Uh, sometimes people just bought a new subscription to get rid of me. Um, and quite honestly, uh, the people I was trying to sell didn't enjoy the experience. And after a while, I didn't like it either. And somehow, that's what we've turned evangelism into. An experience where we try to like sell the good news and nobody really enjoys the experience. Now, is outreach and evangelism the same thing? No, they're really not. When we talk organic outreach, we're talking about something different. Um, organic outreach is not going door to door. Uh, it's not a slick presentation of the gospel. It's not making people uncomfortable because they don't go to church. Um, this series is not about um, spontaneously witnessing to your waiter or waitress at lunch or spontaneously witnessing to the person working at the checkout when you shop or spontaneously witnessing to the police officer who pulls you over for speeding. It's not about any of those things. Um, if all we do is proclaim the good news about Jesus, then we're really not doing outreach. Technically, we're evangelizing, okay, yes, but it's really not what Jesus had in mind when he told us to go and make disciples. And then there's this, another, this other thing that's happened. In the year 2018, in our culture, Christian credibility is probably at its lowest. And I'm not going to rehash all the reasons for this, but in our culture, Christian credibility is at its lowest. Our culture doesn't think much of traditional Christian faith. And so, you know, we don't like to evangelize. It makes us feel awkward and uncomfortable. And then, you know, the culture doesn't think much of the traditional Christian faith. And in the middle of all that, there are people who you know, 
who need to experience the love and mercy and grace of Jesus. And so we need a new approach, or actually, we need to go back to an old approach. You know, when we think of the Apostle Paul, for those of us who are familiar with him, we think of a guy who preached a lot. Well, okay, he did. But there's a key aspect to his strategy that we often overlook. And if we're going to do outreach, it's a strategy we need to recapture. We've asked uh, Ray Pickett to read scripture this morning. So, Ray, if you can make your way on up to the platform, podium in the center of the room. If you are able, please stand and face the center of the room. Um, We stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Ray, whenever you are ready, please read from 1 Corinthians 9. Though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Ray, thank you very much. You may be seated. Now, the whole term organic outreach, it has outreach in it, and what we mean by that is taking the initiative to make a difference in someone's life in the name of Jesus. Now, this isn't random acts of kindness. That's really not what we're talking about. It's an intentional response to the call of Jesus. Now, the word organic, anytime I hear the word organic, the very first thing I think of is organic foods. Um, And what's interesting, I don't know if it's interesting, but I didn't know this, but in order for organic food to be considered organic food and labeled organic food, the USDA has certain requirements that the food must meet in order for it to be labeled organic. And so we have organic steak and organic chicken and organic pork and organic cheese and organic milk and organic yogurt and organic carrots and organic cauliflower and organic Brussels sprouts. And what that means is that in the processing and and developing of all that food, there have been no toxic pesticides or no genetically modified organisms or no antibiotics or no synthetic growth hormones or no synthetic fertilizers. Basically, organic foods are meant to be naturally grown food, okay? Organic outreach is natural outreach. It's the outreach without the awkward. And organic outreach, first of all, organic outreach has an attitude. And the attitude of organic outreach is to persuade by serving. We want to persuade by serving people. As I said earlier, Christian credibility is at its lowest in our culture. And in case you missed the memo, the culture wars are basically over. Okay, conservative, traditional Christianity, we lost the culture war. And so if we try to come from a position of power or of strength, we're really not going to make much of an impact. 
And so we have to come from a position of weakness. Now, in Paul's day, the Christian faith had even less credibility than we do today. Paul had a great strategy for when your faith has little cultural credibility. And he reveals it in verse 19, where he said, Though I am free and belong to no one, I made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. His strategy was to become a slave to everybody. Now, Paul was a Roman citizen. And in the Roman Empire, not everybody was a Roman citizen. And so being a Roman citizen gave Paul rights that a lot of other people in the Roman Empire did not have. Roman citizens had a higher status than most. But Paul knew that using his highest, higher status wasn't going to work. And so he said he would become a slave. Now in the Roman Empire, as much as one-third of the population were slaves. And so when Paul says, I'm going to make myself a slave, that was a metaphor that held a punch that we don't quite get. You see, Paul was saying in a very real and a very tangible way that I'm going to lower my status to where I am a slave to slaves to win the hearts of people. And if we are going to convince someone of the love and mercy and grace of Jesus, then we need to remember what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, where he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves. Now, the verse does not say that others are more valuable than you, but it says to value them and treat them as if they were. Now, when we treat everyone as if they are more important than we are, then they begin to experience the love and mercy and grace of Jesus. And why? Because Jesus treated everyone as if they were more important than he was. The attitude of organic outreach is service. Organic outreach, it has an action. And that action is to meet people in their settings, to meet people in their settings. Paul didn't wait for people to come to him. He went out to people and adapted to who they were. As it says in verses 20 to 22, to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. Now, something that I don't want us to miss. There's a simple truth in this passage. Um, the very first line that Paul says there is, to the Jews, I became like a Jew. Now, there's something funny about that. Becoming like a Jew for Paul wouldn't be that hard because Paul was a Jew. He was Jewish. For Paul to say, I became like a Jew to win the Jews, would be like me saying, I became like a Packer fan to win Packer fans. It's not that hard, folks. 
to become like a Jew when you are Jewish. It's pretty simple. Um, now, what is the first step in meeting people in their settings? Well, it's to connect with people in your own setting. If you're a teacher, become like a teacher to win teachers. If you like to golf, become like a golfer to win golfers. If you're a grandparent, become like a grandparent to win grandparents. In other words, reach out to those who are already in your world. Who is someone in your world, in your setting, that doesn't follow Jesus that you could treat with an attitude of service? Because if you do that, you are already well on your way of doing organic outreach. It's that simple. Who is someone in your world you could serve? And then you start finding ways to serve them, or at least have an attitude of service around them, to treat people in your world with an attitude of service as if they are better than you, more valuable than you. It's not saying they are, but if you treat them that way, it may not be easy, but let me tell you what it's not. It's not awkward. It's not that strange. You just start doing acts of service for people that you know. There's, there's nothing awkward about that. But becoming all things to all people, while it begins in our world or your world, Paul, he wanted to reach as many as possible. And so he stepped outside of his world. And he talks about a group that is not under the law. That would be a group he, that we would call the Gentiles. A Gentile is just simply anyone who's not Jewish. And so he would become like them. Now, he wouldn't enter into their sinful practices. He would not break his principles in following Christ. But when principle or morals were not at stake, Paul would go to extreme lengths to meet people in their worlds. Um, for nine years... I volunteered at my kids' elementary school basically every week. Um, I was an assistant coach for my kids' uh, sports teams. I, I was assistant coach for well over 20 teams, uh, almost 30. Um, I was on the American Legion baseball board. I was booster president. Um, I've spent lots of time with my kids' classmates, teammates, and friends. And um, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were at a Cannon Ridge football game. Uh, my wife's on the Twin Falls Education Foundation, and we were working a table at the game for them. And we weren't very busy. We were just kind of sitting there. And um, one of my son's classmates, kid, came up to me, and he started asking me how my son was doing. Uh, he was a classmate, teammate of Robert, and he was wondering how Robert was doing in college. And so we were talking about that. And while we're talking, another one of my son's kids co uh, friends comes up. And then another kid who was friends with my son comes up. And now there's four of us talking. And they were all in my son's class. And I either had read with them when they were in elementary school, or was their assistant coach, or helped raise money for their sports teams. And they had all graduated last year with my son. Two of them uh, were getting ready to leave for college. Another one is going to school here in CSI. And so we just talked. I talked to them about their plans. What were they going to study? A couple of them were going to go play some college sports, so we talked about that. Uh, the one going to CSI described how it was so much different from high school and how much he really liked it. And it was just so natural. Because I had been hanging out with these guys for so long that this was just one more conversation. 
and they initiated it. Now, let me tell you what I didn't do. What I didn't do is I didn't take the opportunity to bring any kind of spirituality into the conversation. And while that isn't always the case, as I think back to that moment, that was an easy opportunity to do something. And it wouldn't have been that awkward because all of those kids knew I was a pastor. That was just normal. They knew that Robert's dad was a pastor, not a big deal. And so it wouldn't have been awkward if I just would have said, hey guys, do you mind if I pray for you as you're going off to school or I'll be praying for you if you're going off for school? Something simple like that. And they would have been open to that. It wouldn't have been a big deal. But I didn't do that. Which is exactly why we're doing this series. Because we miss these kinds of opportunities all the time. God gives us these kinds of opportunities all the time, and we just need to become more aware of them. Organic outreach, it also has an aim. And that aim is the good news of Jesus, a Savior. See, this is where it goes just beyond serving others. You know, we meet people in their settings with an attitude of service because they need to know the Savior. Not just know about him in their heads, but to experience him in their hearts. As Paul said in verse 23, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Look, we intentionally live out our faith so that people will know that God is for them. We live out our faith so that people will know that God is with them, so that people will know that God is reaching out to them, so that people will know that Jesus plays a unique role in connecting them to God. And the only way that that will ever happen is if servant-minded followers of Jesus enter into their world. Outreach isn't awkward. We've just taken the wrong approach. You see, this was Jesus' strategy. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus entered into our world to serve us by dying for us. And in a very small way, when we serve others, we give up a part of our lives. See, we know too well the hurts and disappointments and pain that people experience. And we're too familiar with brokenness because we experience all those things. And for us, our faith in our Savior is what gives us strength and comfort and reassurance. Hey, I'm convinced that God has, some, has someone that he wants all of you to reach. He has someone in mind for you to reach, and he's calling you. He's calling you. I don't know if you heard the phone ring earlier, but he's calling you. <laughs> and he's saying, look, I want you to enter into their world. I want you to become a servant to them. I want them to know about my love and my mercy and my grace. And I want you to show them 
My spirit is already working in their lives. I'm telling you to go. Reach out to them. And some of you, you know. You know exactly who God's talking about. And others of us, we're going to have to ask God who and then be on the lookout because it won't take God long to answer. Can you see the impact TFRC could make if each of us responded to that call? It would make a tangible difference in the Magic Valley. If hundreds of us intentionally entered into people's worlds with an attitude of service in the name of Jesus, it would literally begin to transform our community. And that makes sense because this was the mission of Jesus. And every time followers of Jesus have continued that mission, it has always turned communities upside down. It's the mission of Jesus. And he is calling us to continue it. Please pray with me. Lord, we are so thankful for the people who responded to your call to reach out to us. Maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a friend, maybe a coworker. But Lord, we thank you for the people you've used so that we can experience your love and grace and mercy. And Lord, I would ask that you would give us um, the desire and the opportunity and the wisdom to reach out to people, to go into their world, to serve them in some way, somehow, help them see that you love them and that Jesus died for them. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.